Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Happy Easter to everyone, and it's not an April Fool's. England are in great shape to actually win a test match away from home. 231 lead with seven wickets in hand, two days to go. So it means that actually, if they bowl well and and obviously carry on batting well, that they could actually win a test match for the first time for 13 tests away from home. That in itself is a revelation, Simon. Yeah, and they talk about the third day as being moving day in Test cricket, and England moved it enough today, definitely, to put themselves in, in a winning position. They finished off the New Zealand innings. There was a bit of damage done. Last wicket partnership of 39, a lot of thrashing and top edges and frustration for England. Bolton Wagner having a go, chancing their arm, and it came off. The pitch is pretty good still for batting. England finally nipped it in the bud. Six wickets for Stuart Broad, the best he's bowled for a long time, his best figure since Johannesburg over two years ago. Jimmy Anderson in the wickets as well. So they did a bit of damage, New Zealand, but the new ball basically did the job for England. And then when they went out to bat, not too many problems for them. Alistair Cook, though, another low score, out for 14. He's averaging five in this series, and that's his lot, of course. That's the end of his winter. And if you look at his figures this winter... Overall, 33 he's averaged. If you take out that double hundred, which seems a bit harsh because you know that's, that's his job to score big runs. But if you did take out that double hundred he made in Melbourne, his average this winter, 13. Yes, and I, I, it's easy to do that, isn't it, of course, uh, to sort of slant the figures. Um, I think what's worrying for me is looking at the, the last seven test matches he's played over, over the winter, 13 innings, and... Ten of those innings have been under 20. So he's been dismissed basically by the new ball 10 out of 13 times. And the other three times he's made two 30s and a 240. So it's an incredibly lopsided picture of his performances over the winter. But it is those low scores that are worrying. And certainly a lot of times he's got out in the same way. I mean, today it was a sort of indeterminate kind of dismissal. At least he was trying to get forward, which is a sign that he's realised that you know the, the bowlers are really going to concentrate on that very full length outside off stump, which, of course, they have for about the last three years. 
but he still didn't really convincingly play the defensive shot, was looking to leave the ball and uh, in the end got the edge. And you could see the frustration. He sort of took a little semi-swing at the stumps or at himself uh, as he walked off. He very rarely shows any kind of emotion on the field. What do England do about it? Well, you know, you can't just sort of discard a guy who's made that number of runs, the most runs obviously ever made by an England batsman, and also the just the experience he has. And I was looking it up, and of course he's only seven tests away now from beating the record by a, a player playing consecutive test matches. Alan Border holds a record, 159, and Cook is in his 152nd, 153rd test. So actually, if he plays all summer, he will overtake Border and become the, the most consistent cricketer in test cricket, in other words, a person who's played the most tests in succession of all time. And that's a remarkable performance by someone who is still only 33 and is still incredibly fit. And, of course, it's his fitness as much as his mental strength, which has been his great feature. Yes, his 154th test match, this one. And when I spoke to him in Perth before that game, when he was put up to speak to the media because it was his 150th test match. And I said to him, you know, what's the sort of proudest achievement, you know, particular innings or, or whatever. And he, it was the fact that he was able to stay on the field for all those consecutive test matches. You know, he, he was really proud of that record. You're, you're right to point out he's only 33 years of age. and That is relatively young for a batsman. He made his debut in Nagpur in 2006. That's an awful lot of international cricket. That's 12 years of the, of the grind, if you like, of international cricket. People say, oh, come on, you, you know, you're playing the, the sport you love. But it does, you know, it does take its toll. Um, what's he going to do? What are the selectors going to do? Keep on going with him? It, it, you know, does he want to continue himself playing at international level. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he's got that you know, determination to, to, to keep going. But inevitably, we talked about it you know, earlier this year, about you know, just doubting yourself. You begin to doubt yourself. Uh, but on the other side of it, of course, three, four test matches ago, he made a, a double hundred, which sort of dispelled his doubts. Um, it's, it's an interesting one. Uh, I suppose if there were players who were obviously ready to replace him, then it would be, you know, it, it really would have be coming to an ahead now but it, it's not obvious what they do if uh, they say to Alistair Cook well actually no it, it's it's time I think you know we're, we're, we're going to leave you out it might not be permanently he could always come back of course um, but you know he's at that age when you you know if you do get left out then it's, it's hard to come back but he has got that record behind him but that, you know who will the alternatives that's that's the that's the question. Yeah, I don't think it's only that. I think it's going to be very much up to him whether, as you say, he's got the mental and the physical capacity to continue. And I, I don't see why he wouldn't have, actually. He doesn't play one-day cricket. He's not trailing around the world playing in all these one-day tournaments or the IPL or anything. I mean, he spends quite a bit of time at home. He's got about a month and a half uh, at the beginning of the county season to get back into shape and, and make some runs and get the feeling of, of batting again and get the enjoyment of batting again. It, it will be up to him whether he feels he has the appetite to continue. But, I mean, I think England really need him. You know, they ha it's not as if the number of batsmen who can make big scores are seeping out of every pore in English cricket. We've got players who can play pretty 50s and 60s, but we haven't got batsmen who can bat, you know, for a day and a half. And Cook is unique in that sense. Mm. And I think he's still invaluable to England. 
you think back to a previous time when he was under severe pressure. I can remember it, series against Pakistan. He went to the Oval and people saying, well, you know, if he doesn't get runs here, he's not going to go to the Ashes. Of course, he came up with 100. He actually reached his 100 when the ball was thrown over the wicketkeeper's head and, and went to the boundary. And what was England's next series? Well, it was the Ashes. And what did he produce in the Ashes? 776 runs. Of course, he was younger and fresher in those days. But, you know, he has been there before and you know, you you know you have got that record behind you 3200s an average in the mid 40s 12000 runs so it's one of those you know really tricky ones i mean yeah, possibly for the selectors as well but also for Alistair Cook new selection panel of course starting in the summer we don't yet know who mm. those people will consist of but uh, Trevor Bayliss is going to be one of them and i'm sure he's a big Alistair Cook fan what will england do about james vince and mark stoneman will they both perform well today, uh, but it, it was all sort of flattering to deceive again, wasn't it? The, you know, what you want from a number two or a number three, and a, obviously a number one, is a hundred, 120, 140, 150. Neither of those batsmen now in 12, 13 test matches have produced anything more than a 70. In J- James Vince's case, I think he's got an 80, but uh, Mark Stoneman consistently getting out in the 30s, or in this case, the 60s, which, I mean, is a good score. But it's not really what England want, is it? It's a question of whether it's glass half full or glass half empty. You know, someone like Mark Stoneman, he's made two fifties, two test matches. He's made two fifties in this series. It's, I think it's the way he's got out that was it's being frustrating. That the short ball dealt with him at Auckland in the second innings. Uh, you know, when he, he kept on pulling, kept on pulling, and then eventually succumbed. It seemed an obvious trap. This match, driving outside the off stump, he nicked two, was dropped twice, had another go without any foot movement nicked it again, out for 60, and he had to drag himself off. I just wonder what he was thinking, where he was thinking, oh, that's my last chance gone. I wonder whether he was thinking that as he went off the field. Remember he said to me before the series started in an interview with the BBC, yeah, 10 test matches is enough to, to judge a batsman. I, I really want that big score. Well, he's made the middling scores in this series. Do they continue with him? Do they continue with James Vince? Again, played you know, a whole series of wonderful shots today but he just has got that fallibility every now and again that big drive outside the off stump waft outside the off stump and he was out today caught at slip driving at one on the up so you know similar dismissal to previous ones from James Vince uh, he didn't want to speak about it afterwards I think that the intention was that he was going to come out and speak to the, the media afterwards but that that didn't happen um, you know, you can understand that people put so much time and, 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 and effort and, and dedication into their careers to try and make themselves into an England player. Then, once you become an England player, to try and be a successful England player, you know, it's, it's, it's hugely frustrating when for them when something like this happens. I suppose when you, you it was like a nearly day for them. It was a really important partnership. They put on over a hundred, and there haven't been many of those for England in, in recent times at the top of the order so a really valuable partnership that's got England into a winning position and what, what do you say there you, know, do you think well okay let's give them another go and, and again you're right about the selection panel we don't quite know what their thoughts are going to be we don't know who they're going to be they might just say at the end of this winter okay winter not good enough we need to revamp the, the top order again or they may just say well let's Let's have a bit more continuity and give p- people a bit more of an opportunity because you need, you know, you do need an opportunity in Test cricket. But you know, ten Test matches for one, thirteen for another, is that enough? Well, you just have to look at the way they get out, as you say, and and also just whether you feel 
you know, instinctively that they have the capacity to, to go on and make these really big scores. I think James Vince's middle name should be Cameo because he just does unleash, unveil, you know, beautiful sort of 40s and 50s or 30s with, uh, you know, gorgeous, sumptuous shots and then gets out the same way time and time again. And I just think generally he's too loose to be a number three in test cricket. He's proved that time and time again. I can't see how he's going to really kick on. So much as uh, it would be nice to have a, a player like him who's a sort of poor man's Michael Vaughan, uh, I just don't feel he's quite got the, the aptitude to, to really kick on in Test cricket. So uh, tell me, uh, Easter Sunday in New Zealand, was it roast lamb? I should hope it was at the ground. Well, that's a good question to ask a vegetarian. It was fish for lunch, if, if, if you'd like to know, and very nice it, it was too. Um, right, let, let, let's think about the, uh, the rest of this game. Here, here's a, a thing. Last time England declared in a Test match, they lost. Problem here, they have to win. They have to force the issue. Another problem, light at the end of the day. The clocks went back an hour in New Zealand. The start time was only brought forward by half an hour. So inevitably, there's the possibility of bad light at the end of the day uh, because you know the light is fading now because we're into autumn in New Zealand. We lost three overs today. We lost overs the previous day as well. Joe Root has got an interesting decision to make about his declaration because he wants to give his bowlers enough time to bowl New Zealand out on what's you know still a pretty good batting surface. They have to win the game. Will he have to take a bit of a gamble? Um, I was speaking to Graham Thorpe. He was put up afterwards rather than James Vince. And he said, yeah, that might well come into the equation. We might have to think that we're going to lose 10 overs at the end of each day's play. What strikes me is it's utterly ludicrous, totally ludicrous, that the start time has not been brought forward by an hour. So, I mean, basically, effectively, from the first day, we're starting half an hour later, which inevitably means we're going to have light problems at the end of the day. No lights, no floodlights at the Hagley Over. It just strikes me as being just just nonsense, really. It's just inexplicable why they have basically what would be the same start time every day. So, you know, that, that may be an issue for, for Joe Root. England might have to come out a bit early if they are thinking about a declaration. I'm just wondering what they will need or what they think they will need. 231 runs ahead. Probably quite a bit depends on Stokes and Bester, whether they can get going. I mean, normally with these things, if you, you get over the world record, if you get 420 and then pull out, you say, well, if they get the world record, fair enough. I, mean, I don't think for a moment New Zealand would do. But, um, you know, that that's the... The, the, the problem for Joe Root tomorrow is just timing that declaration, bearing in mind what happened at Headingley last summer. Well, I think the simple thing is they've got to get on with it in the morning, haven't they? And uh, actually, it's just as well they didn't lose a wicket overnight and put a night watchman in, which could have held up the, uh, the, the run rate a little bit in the morning. They've got to get on with it. They've got to declare sometime sort of early afternoon, maybe just before tea, setting New Zealand 350, 380, I'd say. And uh, you've got to take a bit of a risk. Uh, you know that you might lose time at the end of the game. So England have just got to get on with it tomorrow and show their true colours and uh, finally get a win at the end of what probably has been the longest cricketing winter of all time. It certainly has been in England. It's still freezing cold. It's still raining. It's still sodden everywhere. How the counties are going to get going in, in about a week's time in England is anyone's guess, but they are. And, of course... We uh, at the Cricketer Magazine are promoting the county season with our big county preview issue. You can get 20% off your subscription of the Cricketer Magazine if you go to this website link, www.thecricketer.com 
patreon.com forward slash podcast. And there is a special offer there for podcast listeners on the Cricketer subscription. Listen, we don't want to go on any longer. We don't want to keep people from their roast lamb on Easter Sunday or their roast corn or roast tofu, in your case, and probably my own family's case, I guess. Happy Easter, everyone, and don't eat too much chocolate. And thanks for listening. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.